What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to the Made to Excel Fitness Podcast, the fitness podcast for you, by you. I'm your host, as always, Mark Torres, and in today's episode, episode 21, is Zac Efron lying to you. The Q&A is back, and I'm doing a new thing called the weekly follow-up. Let's talk about it all. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the Made to Excel Fitness Podcast. It is Monday, July 27th. This is the 21st episode, so I've got my LT jersey on. This was back in the day when jersey sizing made no sense. This is a medium, and it fits like a dress. But anyways, today's episode is all about the show Down to Earth with Zac Efron on Netflix. Not about the entire show, but a specific episode. And... Funny enough, in the last episode, one of the last things, the last topic in the Made to Excel Fitness University of Hard Knocks of Common Sense was about Zac Efron's dad bod. And of course, the episode comes out on Monday. The show always comes out on a Monday. And earlier on in that week, or in the week prior, I should say, that the episode came out, the whole thing came out about Zac Efron having a dad bod. And I was like, what is going on? Like, that's not a dad bod. This is weird. Um, am I living in the matrix? And then of course, Sunday night, it finally caught up. I don't know what happened. I don't know if the story got posted somewhere else where it got more eyeballs or, you know, just people started seeing it then and there. And then finally people started saying, this is not right. This is not a dad bod. You're, um, you're setting unreal expectations. You're glorifying a body that's unrealistic. Um, and people have been posting different clips of Zach Efron himself, um, talking about this. So, I don't need to say much more about Zac Efron uh, and his dad bod. I'll let him tell you that in his own words. Here's a clip of him on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Hey, good job. It's a little bigger than me. That's too big. And uh, don't try and get for guys. That's unrealistic. I'm telling you. Like I got, I got very big and buff for that Here movie. But I, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I don't want people to think that's the best way to be. Like, be your size. Like, don't. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah. Like, I don't want to. Glamorize this. So after watching that, and I think I've seen that before, but after watching that again, kudos to Zach Efron for setting the record straight. He says this is not a body that anybody should strive for. It's it was terrible. It was terrible to do. It was terrible to be that way. And I wrote about that in an article. Same thing with Kamal Nanjiani. He got ripped for his role in the, his upcoming role in the Eternals, and he said this is really hard. Not many people are going to be able to do this. I'm getting paid I'm you know my my training is being paid by the biggest studio in the world I'm getting paid a lot of money to look this way otherwise I probably wouldn't have done it so um not to say that you shouldn't strive to be the best person that you could possibly be but those people are probably way out there in the distance and you probably don't need to go that far I I know you don't need to go that far I need to stop doing that but anyways so that kind of segues nicely into today's episode today's episode is all about the show down to earth with Zac Efron on Netflix and it's about one episode in particular so if you haven't seen the show and you intend on watching the show now is your opportunity to pause this episode go to Netflix go to down to earth with Zac Efron and watch episode 4 the Sardinia episode because I'm going to talk about that episode pretty extensively so if you do intend on going to watch that show definitely this is your opportunity because there will be spoilers not that this is something that could be spoiled it's not a story driven show um but you get the gist of it uh so last warning because here it comes three two 
one. So the whole premise behind Down to Earth with Zac Efron is all about sustainability in the earth. Um, you know, how to make more sustainable energy, more environmentally friendly ways of living and making the earth as healthy as possible. And of course, it looks at the human aspect as well. How do we become more healthy as human beings? How do we increase the life expectancy? Uh, it's all about health stuff, right? So uh, Netflix does a great job because these are not topics that people would go out of their way to try to consume content on. Otherwise, so they put a megastar like Zac Efron as the microphone for this kind of topic, for this information, and he's obviously passionate about it, and he does a really great job. It's a really interesting show. Um, you know, I, en I enjoy watching it. Um, so kudos to Netflix for putting this out there um, and getting a lot of this information out there that people wouldn't know otherwise, especially from the environmental aspect of it. There's obviously a gap in education when it comes to stuff like that, right? Um a lot of the things that we do from the environmental aspect um, are very old in nature and they're very damaging to the earth as we know it. So a lot of these concepts and a lot of these ideas that they talk about in the show are not widely known concepts, are not widely used concepts. So obviously there's a gap in education where not many people know this stuff. So having a microphone like Zac Efron to put that stuff out there is a fantastic idea right one of the most attractive dudes on the planet one of the most famous people on the planet and he's spewing good information into the world right that's fantastic and from the human side of it um not that it's not necessary to say this information but if down to earth with zach efron never existed the show never came to air from the human side of it you watching this show right now watching this podcast or listening to this podcast wherever you consume this show no, 95% of the information that you already need to know about living a long, healthy life, right? Eat lots of fruits, eat lots of veggies, eat lean meats, lean proteins, eat healthy carbs, uh, be physically active, live a low stress life, sleep a lot, right? These are all things that you know. These are very fundamental, basic things that 99.99% of people know. Um, you know, and that's 95% of everything you need to know about being healthy the other five percent is like nutrients minerals antioxidants fiber things of that nature they get very very specific and they do touch on that in the show which i love um but as a fitness person myself i'm looking at a lot of that human stuff in a different light in a different aspect you know my mind is always on from the fitness aspect of it so um i'll be the first to say that i am not a scientist i never will be a scientist i'm not the smartest person on the planet and surely there are people on this show that are much much smarter than me but i want to look at it from a different lens from a practical lens from a real life lens um and see if some of these things make sense so episode four sardinia down to earth with zach efron so the reason they go to sardinia it's a small town in italy is the fact that it is one of the blue zones uh that we have on this planet now this is from USA Today. A blue zone is Sardinia is one of the only five blue zones in the world identifying as having residents who often reach age 90 or older. The other four are in Okinawa, Japan, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Ikaria, Greece, and the Seventh-day Adventist community in Loma Linda, California. So um, people in Sardinia live a long time, right? Um, Sardinia, I think in this show, in the show they say that Sardinia has 10 times more centenarians people that live to be a hundred than the usa does per capita obviously there's more people that live in the u.s than live in sardinia but they have 10 times more people that live to be a hundred or older um than the u.s population by capita right so um but the interesting thing is 
and not that this means anything, but the average life expectancy in the U.S., I think this is for a U.S. male, as of 2017 is 78-ish years old, right? 78 point something. Uh, and the average life expectancy in Sardinia, as of 2017, was just under 80. It was like 79.7. So just about two years um, more life expectancy in Sardinia than it is in the U.S., right? So there's obviously a lot of people that are living to be very, very old, but on average, two years is a lot, right? Um, on paper, it doesn't seem like a lot, but imagine having two extra years to live. That is a long time. So on paper, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it is, um, especially when you consider the average of everybody. Obviously, there's always going to be outliers, but the average of everybody is two years. That's a long time, right? Imagine getting two years taken away from your life. You're like, oh, I'd be missing out on a lot. So obviously, when you start to look at Sardinia, scientists are going to want to know what's going on there right how come these people in sardinia live to be so old um and how can we take that information and apply it to other places right so uh obviously the first people that zach efron and his health guru friend darren meet are two nutritional scientists um and they want to look at their food and what they eat so um the thing that these two scientists say is that most people in Sardinia have a low protein diet made up of foods that you can mostly find in a garden in your backyard, right? So the Sardinian diet is similar to paleo in a way. So the kind of the idea behind paleo is it's also known as the caveman diet. So if you're a paleo person, you're eating things that typical cavemen would have been able to find, right? You can eat a piece of chicken because cavemen probably had chicken. Cavemen didn't have Twinkies, right? So Twinkies is not a part of a paleo diet so sardinian diet is very similar in that fashion these are things that they can find in a backyard garden and that's what they're consuming um but they do make an emphasis on low protein high carbs um which at that point zach's mind gets blown right because he says this is the exact opposite of everything that i've been told for you know at least the last 10 years of my life so obviously zach efron um is somebody who has been cast as somebody who is very fit right he's got uh, a very impressive physique that people seek out right baywatch being one of them baywatch he was like insanely lean so he's like this is the exact opposite of everything that's any everybody's ever told me right everybody says high protein high protein high protein no carbs um so he's like he's mind blown in that moment and then the nutritional scientist goes on to say that many people in sardinia they eat 50 grams of protein per day um and the health guru in the show darren says that's crazy because some people in the united states in particular they will eat 50 grams of protein in one sitting so there's obviously a big disconnect between like a typical western u.s diet and the sardinian diet right so um at that moment zach's mind is being blown and obviously a lot of people that are watching that watch the show their minds are probably being blown as well because it's directly contradicting the things that they say right so the nutritional scientists uh are believing that one of the key factors to long life is a low protein high carb diet so then uh later on in the show they meet some other guy um and he's got this big chart and pretty much the big chart is a family tree it goes back 450 years um and he says that in 450 years you can trace most people's family tree to only having you know five surnames right so in my mind in that moment i was like wait are they incestuous like they have the same last names like is that the secret to long life is like getting with your cousin um but i think what they meant by that was 
Sardinians are marrying Sardinians and having kids with and having kids with Sardinian people. So it's a very tight knit uh, community, right? Um, so the thing that they're trying to say with that is they say it in the show. There's a possibility that Sardinians have a gene that makes them predisposed to longer life, right? So they do mention that in the show as well. Um, and then they go to a cooking class. So in this cooking class, they make bread, they make pasta, and they're eating the pasta. And Zach's like, this is amazing. I'm eating carbs. And he says, for the last like, you know, several years of my life, I've had little to no carbs. For Baywatch, I had zero carbs for six months. He's like, you need this. It's just so good. You need this in your life to be healthy, right? So Zach is really pushing this high carb narrative now and is blowing his mind because it's exact opposite of what he did for a lot of his life. So um, they really want to emphasize low protein, high carb, low protein, high carb, um, which is, I mean, it's insane. Six months without carbs is crazy, right? So um, the keto industry is like bawling their eyes out at this moment right because they're like very high protein very low carb and the sardinian diet is very much so the opposite and then later on in the show um they meet this adorable old man he's in his 80s i think late 80s uh about to be 90 um or about to hit his 90s pretty soon and zach asks him like hey what's your typical day like and the guy says uh you know i like to go for a walk you know i've lived here my entire life um there's not a whole lot to do, so I like to just walk around. Uh, and Zach's like, can we go for a walk with you? The dude's like, yeah, absolutely. And there's a funny part in the show, um, which obviously, if you're listening to this, you you've have either seen the show or you don't intend on ever watching the show. But um, there's a part in the show where they're going up the stairs, and the older guy asks Zach if he's okay going up the stairs. Um, you know, it's kind of a ribbing, right? Uh, or maybe he meant it. I don't know. Um but it was pretty funny. Like Zach's like, man, these are kind of difficult stairs. And don't this older man, well, for his walk, walks to a bar and gets a glass of wine. So like people who have an idea of a traditional diet, their minds are being blown, right? For the majority of their life, they've been, you know, been preached at for high car or low carbs, high protein, avoid alcohol, all these different things. And the Sardinian people who are amongst the longest living people ever they eat very low protein high carbs and they're drinking wine like it's crazy right so um it's like a whole it contradicts everything that you could ever possibly imagine right so um and then they go on to say that a lot of these people have like manual labor jobs a lot of them are shepherds the shepherds walk anywhere from like 5 to 13 miles um i don't remember the exact mileage but they walk like you know five plus miles a day so they're very active people um it's not like a lot of sardinians are going to the gym they already have plenty of activity just in their daily lives with the jobs that they have and the things that they do right so as opposed to a lot of people with sedentary jobs office jobs you're sitting in a chair all day or maybe you're standing in place all day you don't have a lot of activity for you know six seven eight hours of the day while you're working so you've got to carve out a different time a separate time to go about doing exercise and physical activity sardinians are not in that boat they already are so active they don't need to have a separate exercise time um that's just how they are and then 
they stress the fact the Sardinians have a low stress life. And then at the end of the show, Zach starts breaking down in his car and he says, I need to get out of Hollywood. It's super toxic. It's super stressful. This is not a way to live life. And people are like, people are probably like looking at Zach Efron, like, what does this dude have to be stressed about? He's one of the most attractive people on the planet. He's super rich, super wealthy, super popular. Um, super influential probably and so what does he have to be stressed about and i'm sure that zach efron lives a plenty stressful life a life in the spotlight everybody's watching your every move um you know and you have an image to uphold you have a certain standard that people hold you to that not many of us have to deal with so um you know zach talks about stress so there's a lot of things to dissect there i pretty much went through the show from beginning to end and so trying to start from the beginning i'm probably going to hop around a lot the nutritional scientists so the thing that they really stress is low protein high carb low protein high carb low protein high carb which is the exact opposite as a lot of people say now here is the dilemma and i've talked about this pretty extensively over the past two weeks in terms of science versus reality and science being a little misleading sometimes right you watch a documentary you watch anything you watch this show there are scientists there's studies saying different things right so these scientists are saying a low protein diet could be the key to a long healthy life and there's been other studies out there that have said you know eating higher amounts of protein has no adverse effects on your health uh you know in the long run right so now you've got two different people telling you two different things one of them is standing in front of zach efron one of the most attractive people on the planet and the other one is you're reading off a piece of paper that's already kind of hard to understand in the first place right so now you've got the decision to make where am i going to go with this right a lot of people preach a high, high protein diet this person saying a low protein diet they both have studies to back it up where do i fall in this conversation that's a that's something that you've got to kind of come up with yourself right um the other thing to think about is there's a difference between health and fitness they're very much so hand in hand a lot of times but being healthy and being fitness are not always um mutually exclusive right um somebody like a bodybuilder right fitness is more so how you look health is more so how you function how you feel um how long you last right how long your life is so somebody who's very much so into fitness let's say a bodybuilder a high level bodybuilder somebody's got to win trying to win the mr olympia title they're going to do things to really stress their fitness really stress the way that they look that are not necessarily healthy for you right so um steroids right steroids are going to make you look the best you could possibly look when it comes to like posing on stage and having muscles and being super lean but it's not healthy for you so if somebody were to come up to me and say hey how do i go about being healthy you're not going to say do steroids that doesn't make any sense so there is a distinction to make between health and fitness um, a lot of it goes hand in hand but you can stray away from those two so you know when it comes to high protein low protein where do you go it's kind of up to you, right? Um, I've been preaching high protein for a while, right? When you want to manage your weight, when you want to lose weight or when you want to gain weight, you have to manipulate the calories that you eat. If you eat less calories than you need, you'll lose weight. If you eat more calories than you need, you'll gain weight. The quality of that weight gain or loss will be dictated upon how much protein you consume, right? So if you are in a calorie deficit where you're eating less calories than you need and you're losing weight, that's fantastic. But if you're doing that with a lot of sugary foods, a lot of high carb foods and very low protein, you're going to lose muscle mass along with it, lean mass along with it. You're going to lose weight, but you're going to lose a lot of that muscle mass, that lean mass that you have 
on top of it, right? So if you have a higher protein diet, you can hold on to that muscle mass um, and really have a really good, crisp weight loss. Um, but that being said, most people are probably good with like, if you really want to emphasize muscle, you're good with like 0.75 to 1 grams per pound of body weight when it comes to protein. If muscle is not that important, you you can get away with less. You probably don't need much more than 1 gram per pound of protein. One gram of protein per pound of body weight that you are. So somebody who's 200 pounds technically should be consuming 200 grams of protein, but it's not completely necessary that they do that. However much emphasis you want to put on how you look will dictate how much protein you want to consume. So it's up in the air, right? Nobody knows really how safe protein is in the long run. Studies have said it's very safe for you. It's not going to have any adverse health effects. This other person saying Sardinians eat a low protein diet and they live one of the longest lives that we've ever seen on the planet, right? So you've got two opposing sides here. Whichever one you choose to go with is completely up to you and depends on the emphasis that you want to put on your life. But the other thing to think about when it comes to the Sardinian diet is the fact that they do talk about this potential genetic component. So if Sardinians have a gene that makes them predisposed to living longer, even if they had a really shitty diet, they might still live on average longer than other people, right? They might have a gene that predisposes them to that. Genetics plays such a huge part, right? Um, two people can be the same height and the same weight and look completely different, right? Batista, I wrote this in an article, Batista's like almost 300 pounds or yeah, almost 300 pounds, uh, maybe even more than 300 pounds. I don't remember. He's the size of an NFL lineman, but they look very different, right? Batista's very, Batista's very muscular. An NFL lineman usually doesn't have, they have muscle mass, but it's not lean muscle mass. It's not, uh, they don't, not very lean people. So obviously there's a big genetic difference there that shapes the way that you are shapes the way that you look shapes the way that you live um whether or not you think batista did that naturally hint hint wink wink is completely up to you but there's obviously genetic potential that comes into play so is it the low protein diet that's making sardinians live a long time or is it this gene right is it the low protein diet or is it the fact that sardinians are super active people right that older gentleman who walks to the bar he walks all the time. He's walking all the time. The shepherds, they walk multiple miles a day. A lot of people in a Western civilization with sedentary jobs, they're very dormant for a long time, right? They sit for six, seven, eight hours of the day when they're working. And then when they're not working, they're sitting down watching TV. They're dormant again for several hours, right? They're not very active people. So is it the low protein diet? Is it the activity? Is it the low protein diet? Is it the fact that they have a lot less stress? They live a very low stress life, right? There's a lot of things that come into play here. So whether or not you want to believe some of the things that they do say in this episode, not saying that any of it's false, I'm not saying that any of it's true, but the one thing that I maybe am saying is that when you look at things, anything, but especially fitness, look at it with a critical lens, you know, make a decision. Don't take things just at face value. This person says, hey, a low protein diet makes Sardinians live a long time. That doesn't mean start implementing a low-protein diet for you. Figure out if that's what you want to do. Try it for a while. See if you like it. Make your own decisions, right? Um, and I just listened. I just watched Hamilton for the first time on Disney+. And I'm not going to spoil it, so don't worry. Um, no spoilers here. But one of the biggest criticisms that Alexander Hamilton has of Aaron Burr is the fact that Aaron Burr doesn't really have any morals, right? He's very much so in the middle of a lot of arguments. What do you stand for, Burr? 
he he you know he doesn't swing either way right he doesn't have um any strong beliefs on anything Aaron Burr is very much so in the middle kind of guy and he gets a lot of flack for that from Alexander Hamilton if you've seen Hamilton uh the play of course um and I think if Burr was alive now and and he was in the fitness industry he would do very very well because a lot of the answers a lot of the truth in the fitness industry lies in the middle there's a lot of people that want to push extremes right keto is an extreme vegan is an extreme if you if those things work for you that's fantastic but a lot of people most people a big majority of the people are going to fall somewhere in the middle and that's really where they're going to make the bulk of their progress so when it comes to fitness maybe it's time to take a page out of aaron burr's philosophy and kind of you know look at things with a critical eye don't take them at face value and be somewhere in the middle uh, um and hopefully, you know, that starts unlocking a lot of these doors for you that you had trouble opening before. So that wraps up that part of the show. Debunking down to earth with Zach Efron. Um, Q&A. Haven't done one in two weeks, so I'm going to do it here. Uh, made to Excel Fitness University of Hard Knocks of Common Sense. We'll take a break. But Q&A, we've got two questions. One, this is a question I abbreviated because the fur, because like the actual full-length question was um, funny and it was kind of a jumbled mess. But pretty much the gist of it was: Should I be looking at myself in a mirror when I'm working out? And he goes on saying, like, you know, looking at doing bicep curls, shoulder things to see my placement. And that's absolutely a fantastic idea. Obviously, when you're in the gym and you're staring at yourself in the mirror, it looks super douchey. And I'm sure a lot of people do it with douchey intentions they would just want to see themselves um see how they look look at their muscles rippling in the in the glistening light you know bouncing off the sweat they want to see the veins popping out of their arms but a visual feedback tool like a mirror can really help you with your form and even something like a video i think i've said this before videoing yourself in a gym is very uncomfortable but if you have a form concern right you think you may be doing something incorrectly taking a video is going to be so much more helpful than maybe how you think you are without looking at it right i could think that i'm shooting a basketball with perfect form but until i look at a video i'm like holy shit it's terrible um so having a visual feedback can very much so drastically improve um a lot of people's form with different exercises and things of that nature. So if you want to have instant visual feedback by looking at a mirror and making adjustments in that moment, or you want to have a video where you can see, you can look back at it and say, all right, this I, this I can fix, this I can be better at, um, and fix it from there. Those are absolutely great ideas. Um, and a very secret weapon that you can be using in the gym uh, to elevate yourself even more. Uh, and second question, last question. Are there any supplements that are worth taking um and this is something that a lot of fitness influencers say it's true but it's corny supplements say it in the words it's a supplementation you don't need it right so it's a very corny saying um but it makes sense right it's a supplement you don't need any supplements um if you choose to take supplements that's completely up to you it's completely optional if you want to go that route if you're a person who does not consume enough protein talking about protein in this episode um, then you can take a protein supplement right if you feel as if you need 100 grams of protein a day for whatever your goal is and you're only eating 50 and you can't force yourself to eat another 50 grams of protein of you know chicken beef uh turkey whatever steak right or maybe you're a vegan and you're getting protein from different sources and you're having trouble getting protein from these sources you can absolutely take a protein powder make sure you get a good one right um you know if you want to take creatine if you want to have more um 
you know, one more rep in the tank. When you go to the gym, you want to make that progress. You can absolutely take creatine. Creatine is highly studied. Um, and it's, you know, the positive effects are well documented, but at the end of the day, it's going to get you maybe one more rep of an exercise. Is that one more rep worth it for you to spend $30 on a bottle of creatine? That's completely up to you. Um, for some people, it's going to be worth it. For most people, probably not. Um, if your doctor says you're deficient in a vitamin, if you can get that vitamin in in a natural way, in a food source, absolutely do that. But if you just can't do it, get a vitamin, right? Um, there are things that you will help you in your journey. None of it is completely necessary, um, but that's up to you to figure out. That's up to you. You and your coach to figure out, um, you and your nutritionist, your registered dietitian to figure out. Um, so no supplements are absolutely necessary to take, but you can take supplements if they help you in your specific um, scenario. Last but not least for the show, I'm doing a new thing called the weekly follow-up. So when I first started this podcast, I did not like listening to it back because I don't like to hear the sound of my own voice. But as I start to find my stride as a podcaster, I am listening back and I'm realizing that there are things that I intended to say in the week's prior podcast that I forget about, right? So in the weekly follow-up, that is my opportunity to kind of fill in the holes that I left in last week's podcast. So obviously, this weekly follow-up is about last week's podcast, episode 20, Can You Get Shredded in Two Weeks? And the premise of the entire show is about a time frame for your goals, right? And the overarching kind of idea that I wanted to put out there was the fact that once you become comfortable with the fact that fitness is something that you do for the entirety of your life, a timeline doesn't seem as important, right? It's not like you're going to reach your goal and you can stop working out, you can stop eating good, and you're going to always keep that goal, right? Of course, that's not how that works. You're going to have to keep working at it. Um, so once you come to grips with the fact that this is something you're going to do for the rest of your life, the timeline doesn't necessarily um, matter anymore. But the one thing that I did forget to mention is the fact that you can still have goals that have timelines, right? I talked about... Um, the kid who does strongman, but it doesn't have to be necessarily anything like that. Maybe um, you have a wedding coming up, right? And you want to lose X amount of pounds um, in X amount of weeks for the wedding. But the other thing that I forgot to mention when it comes to timeline is when you do have a timeline and you do have a time frame, coming up with a time frame that is realistic, right? So myself, personally, the first few episodes of this podcast were about bored eating. And I was just talking about what I knew in that moment because when quarantine started, I was bored eating like a motherfucker, right? There's snacks everywhere. I was in the house. So I was just eating a lot, right? And my ice cream consumption has gone through the roof. So of course, in the past few months, I've gained weight. So since March 16th, it's been 20 weeks from that point, I've gained 15 pounds, right? Which is a lot. 15 pounds is a lot. Um, but when you start to break it down, I've gained 15 pounds in 20 weeks. So I really gained less than a pound per week. So when I want to reverse that and when I want to lose that weight now, um, you got to think about, I lost, I gained 15 pounds in 20 weeks. So that was less than one pound gain per week. Your reverse of that should be kind of similar, right? Not saying that you have to wait 20 weeks to lose 15 pounds. You don't have to do it that slow, I guess. You can definitely do it faster, but it's not like, you gained 15 pounds in 20 weeks, so you should expect to lose that 15 pounds in three weeks. You shouldn't expect to lose that pound, that 15 pounds in five weeks. Um, you know, at the very least, it's going to take you probably 10 weeks, and that's very, very fast. It really should take you more like 15 weeks. 
somewhere similar to how long it took you to gain should be how long it takes you to lose, right? It doesn't have to be an even one-one split, um, but having realistic time frames um, is really going to help you out with, especially uh, the psychology part of it, right? A lot of people are upset with their lack of progress, and it's not the lack of progress; it's the lack of. Um, progress in the time frame that you intended to make the progress so uh if you're expecting to lose 15 pounds in two weeks it ain't gonna happen it's probably gonna take more like 10 15 20 weeks so um be realistic with your time frames uh and you'll be so much happier for it so that wraps up today's show if you enjoyed today's show hit the subscribe button leave me a review leave me a comment share the show with a friend who think i'd be funny not many people, but um, follow me on Instagram, MTFit. Follow me on Facebook. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the subscribe button here too and watch one of these two videos that pops up. I think you'll enjoy them if you haven't seen them already. But knowing you guys, you've probably seen them all. <laughs> um, that's it for today. Uh, I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace. What's up, Mark? How you doing, man? Hunter Henry, LA Charger tight end. Uh, best, big time shout out to your uh, fitness podcast, The Made to Excel fitness podcast so um super cool man got a lot going on bolt ganger don't bang